Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. You've been watching Sam Darnold for years, Key. A uh, little visual difference here this morning? Just for Oh, yeah, no, it's funny just watching. I've always said that. I said that to him when he was out at USC. I'm like, man, you look like the bully in the ninth grade, bullying up on the fifth graders. Because he's just like, he's, he's, he's thick. Yeah, he's a thick kid. Got a nice size helmet, you know. I'm mad we had a caller that called in and asked for your favorite serial killer. See, y'all got these people out there thinking I'm standing outside of hotels asking for serial killers' autographs or something. Like, we've been implied Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy. So- John Wayne Gacy. Dale Jeez. Wayne Eaton. Why do you know so many? Because Zubin Richard watches Ramirez. the stuff, too. <laughs> Zubin, Zubin watches the ID network just like I do. And I many, can't get into it. I can't do people, it. Why? It's scary. No, it's not scary. It's just... I'm informed, I'm in tuned with what's going on in certain areas of the country. And does people. it help you take better protective measures? It, it really does. How so? How Because if do you, I hear certain noises in certain places, I know how to adjust to do what I need to do. Why are you guys playing that music in the background? What is that? What is that? Oh, that's SVU. Oh. Oh. I, it just... <laughs> Whatever, uh, it, it, no. But I like I like the mystery movies. I like ID Network. Ain't no different between that and Law and Order. What's the difference? It's all the same stuff. Mysteries and people being found in many pieces. And I, I see one. Gee, last stop. Night. All right, enough. I, it's the morning time. I don't want to think about people I see being what, in many what, pieces. I see what last night, man. No, I don't want to hear this story. No, it was. It has something to do with the military, and it was hiding stuff, and oh it was it was crazy, goodness. man. It was so wild. Zubin, can we get back to sports? I never thought I would say that. I'm the guy that's supposed to say that. Okay. I know. So, ID is a good way to go. What is the get Jets' back to sports. identity? No, stop, man. Stop, <laughs> stop worrying about that. People like, you know, we're, we're just like them. I know. We're normal. I, I just don't like talking about murder mysteries. I don't. It's not all. No, everything is not all murder. It's, it, it could be American greed. It could be some of that. It's okay. not all murder. Okay, all right. It's just, you know, the things that happen on those stations that you snapped you know that sort of stuff <laughs> so poor girl the dude was wow man hometown homicide another good one okay. hometown homicide yeah he homicide. knows them all how does he know them all <laughs> we yeah. watch the guy next door we've been watching the this. neighbor oh. now <laughs> i'm gonna look at my neighbors it, right? differently <laughs> so the bottom line is this you mentioned the id network and we just heard uh, Dan Orlovsky say this is the Jets' biggest decision identity-wise in 40 years. Like, you just got to get this right. You're at a pivotal point. You're seeing the other teams in the division. Buffalo's finally showing signs of life. You know the Pats are going to be back. Miami's moving in the right direction. And there you are yet again trying to do whatever years. you can to catch up. Well, that's what Dan said. I mean, that's, what, that's his opinion. No, no. I, I'm just saying 40, 40 years. I'm just years. thinking along the way decisions that they made in the last 20 years. You know, I'm just like – I think one of the big decisions was them getting rid of Rex Ryan, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. That was a, you know, I think they jumped the gun on mm-hmm. that one a little bit. He, he kind of wore out his welcome a little bit in New York, so I think that. But they should probably held on to him a little bit longer. So we A little know th- bit longer. So how much longer are they going to hold on to Sam Darnold? That's the question, obviously. Pick third overall, and you're in a situation now where you've got the second overall pick. Let's hear from the guy that's going to make the decision eventually whether to trade, keep, Whatever. I mean, there's options on the table. This is Jets general manager Joe Douglas. When asked if someone calls you to offer anything for the services of Sam Darnold, what Douglas will do? I will answer the call if it's made. As it pertains to Sam, Sam's, a we think, a dynamic player in this league. 
with unbelievable talent and who's really, really has a chance to really hit his outstanding potential moving forward. Like I said earlier, if calls are made, I, I will I will answer them. That's See, brilliant. I, I, I feel brilliant. like I need to get in the bleach right now and clean my soul and my skin. That's dirty work right Christ. there. And, That's and dirty no, work the right reason there. is, is because I'm going to be a germ spreader right now. And Joe Douglas said something that kind of made me go, hmm, which is I will answer the call <laughs> if they call me. And there's rumors out there that the Houston Texans and Nick Casario are not answering the calls as teams call. So he kept saying, I will answer the call. Hmm. I will answer the call. I, I just, I, I, that's interesting. That's just interesting to me why he would say that at a time when oh. we all kind of know that allegedly the Houston Texans are not answering the calls for Deshaun. Let me tell you, I will answer the call. And by the way, let me go ahead and then boast about how good Sam Darnold is to yeah. everybody. Yeah. Let me tell you about the quarterback that you will be be potentially trading for and how talented he is and what his ceiling is. But by the way, I will be answering calls. And, and look, Sam is good, man. He I think, is talented. I, I think he has. Both things can be right. You can, you can build up Sam while also trying to build up his trade value that puts your organization in the best possible place. But if you don't get that value, then you haven't said anything detrimental to you keeping Sam. You know that was my job, to cut you off. You cut me off. I'm sorry. So, as I was going to say, prior to Jay cutting me <laughs> off, took my spot, um, the number two pick is a valuable spot. But when you have a quarterback that's in play, and the reason that you got a new coach is because the coach that you brought in that was supposed to be this offensive innovator, play caller, coach him up, all of those sort of things didn't work out with him. You can't judge Sam based on – three offensive coordinators and two different head coaches. Now on his third head coach, you can't judge him based on that with a lack of weapons around him. They traded away Jamal Adams. They're having some issues right now on the back end uh, with another defensive player on whether or not they should franchise him or sign to a long-term deal. His agent popped off on social media the other day, frustrated with the process. Lost Le'Veon Bell. Lost late, well, Le'Veon well, Bell, yeah, they probably should have never signed him in the first place because he didn't fit what Adam Gates wanted mm-hmm. to do. They kind of did that. Joe Douglas comes in, he needs to clean stuff up, and he's trying to do that. They drafted Big Mackay Beckham out of Louisville a year ago, Big Mammoth left tackle. You shore up the offensive line, you find some skill position players to put around Sam, and you trust in Mike LaFleur to get the job done. Because if you think that, a quarterback who's been in the National Football League that has played, has some starts, has showed flashes of brilliance. You've seen some runs. You've seen some throws. But you've also seen some bad throws that made you scratch your head. But you've seen some dynamic stuff that made you go, okay, I see what this kid is capable of doing. I lean more toward that than I do get rid of him. He needs a fresh short start. This fresh start is by you bringing in the people that you brought in to fix the situation. Now go out there and put pieces around him. Anybody that knows anything about a quarterback or in the NFL, when quarterbacks don't have anything, they're not very good. This is why Josh Allen is where he's at, because Brandon Bean, the general manager of the Buffalo Bills, realized we got to get some players. We need to go pay Cole Beasley. Oh, by the way, 
we don't mind giving up a first-round pick for Stephon Diggs because he's going to change everybody's life. Mm. Brian Dable all of a sudden is a great offensive coordinator. Oh, yeah, because he's got things to work with. When they went out and drafted Singletary to running back or they went out there and got Zach Moss, drafted him from Utah, they're building around Josh Allen. You still got to do the same things with Zach Wilson. You still got to do the same things with Trey Lance. You still got to do the same things with Mac Jones or whoever at the quarterback spot. Don't give me this notion that money is going to factor in it long term and all those sort of things. Don't, don't, don't get caught up in that. Get caught up in building a team around them. And if they can't move the second, if they can't for some reason move the second pick and they sit on it, then draft Penny Sewell. Ensure up the offensive line. Yep, protect well, he's a, That's he, what I've been saying. Exactly. He's a left tackle. Okay, well, what makes you think that Beckton can't be a right tackle or Penny Sue can't be a right tackle? You you move, you straighten that thing out. That's what you do. But they, they'll be able to move the second pick if they decide to. As Jay said, the, the draft starts at two, right? Mm-hmm. If it's just basically, you know, Trevor Lawrence, the draft starts at two. And if that's the case, the Jets in some ways are sitting in the catbird seat. Right, they're sitting in the catbird seat. This is a quarterback-heavy draft, and they have the first pick that's sort of up in the air. And they have to figure out whether they're going to leverage that pick for more picks, or they're going to keep Sam Darnold and use that pick but Zubin, to bolster. Make no doubt about it. Joe Douglas the other day. I mean, the house is for sale. the The sign went up. House is for sale. Sam Darnold is for sale. Who wants him? Yeah, because make a Jay, bid. To Jay's point, some of those other comments prior to this comment yesterday had been full-throated support. Yes. Full-throated support of Sam Darnold, and he just edged back just a touch. And somebody should go and trade for Sam Darnold, right? The problem that you're going to have is if Sam Darnold goes to a Kyle Shanahan, somebody that really knows how to coach him up, or Kyle Shanahan or or Sam Darnold goes to uh, Sean Payton or Sam Darnold winds up in Chicago and he's – Cooking, and uh-uh. you stuck with Zach Wilson or Trey Lance or Justin Fields, and the Jets are five and eleven, and that dude's in the playoff somewhere. Egg on your face, no doubt about it. And it's a pleasure to have Cleveland Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski join us this morning on the Goodyear Hotline. Coach, you lost your first game as an NFL head coach, lopsided loss, but then. You help to snap the NFL's longest playoff drought. You get to the playoffs. You miss the playoff game with COVID, but eventually you lead the Browns to the divisional round of the playoffs. With all that said, how would you describe your first year as an NFL head coach? A whirlwind. Uh, And as you guys know, every season, there's always something that you didn't expect. And I would tell you, I didn't see the pandemic coming. Uh, But then to to navigate all all of that, to, to go through it with the coaches, to, to have practice canceled and then practice postponed and then games almost uh, postponed. And, and for me to miss a game, I don't think you can predict any of that. So hopefully we learned a lot about how to be resilient and can apply some lessons as we go forward. This organization, as you know, coach has been through so much over the last several decades. How have you changed the culture? I don't want to use the word culture, but how have you changed it since coming over? Yeah. Keyshawn, it's one of those things that, we really didn't talk about the past because uh, it didn't apply to us this past season. And I understand the history. I, I, I'm well aware uh, of what had happened prior, but I also understood that that wasn't going to affect us. And, and I know, and you know this, when you're in the building, 
you get insulated in a lot of ways to what's going on in the outside. So we focused when we're in this building, we focused on the things that we could control, tried to take it one day at a time, one game at a time, if you will. And that seemed to serve us, but I don't think it's something that we had to discuss uh, quite a bit about the past because really the past didn't affect us uh, in, in the present. Kevin, there are so many expectations about Baker Mayfield coming into this season, but what impressed you most about him, especially the second half of the season? Yeah, I think how he grew. And, and I think he's a great example uh, for our team, how you, you have to grow as a player. You have to keep getting better. You have to push yourself. And I think for him early in this season, uh, which I totally we understood and, and figured uh, was going to happen, Without a preseason, without an offseason and a brand new system, you're going to have to evolve and, and learn about yourself. So I think he got more comfortable with what we were doing as he just got reps and reps and reps. And the one thing that one of the things I love about Baker is, is how he works. I just he, he's a gym rat. He grinds. He, he wants to be great. And he understands that there's no secret to, and you can't snap your fingers and it just happens. So I think the the maturation of Baker throughout the season and the way he kept getting better uh, in, in what we were doing, I think was a great example to all of our players that this, this game it requires a lot of you and you better put in the work if you ultimately want to get to where we want to go. Coach, you and the organization obviously have a huge decision this offseason with Baker Mayfield and the extension. Uh, what's your timetable for potentially getting this extension done? Yeah, I'm, I'm lucky in that I have a really good general manager that, that gets to worry about this. <laughs> uh, but I will tell you, I mean, obviously, Andrew and I talk about all of our players and, and all of these things. But uh, I'll just tell you that all of these decisions, it's a business, but things take care of themselves. It, it works itself out. Uh, and, and we're just going to focus, or at least I'm going to focus on the day-to-day. And as it applies to Baker, I know he's going to do the same. Coach, we're here in the offseason, and you know how it goes. You get a lot of conversation swirling around polarizing players, and you got one in your locker room in OBJ. How's his rehab going, and what's his future with the organization? Yeah, he's doing great, Key. Uh, he's working really hard. Uh, he attacks rehab uh, like like I've never seen people do it. And, and last year he was rehabbing from a, a core muscle injury. So this is a t- totally different injury, but just to see the way he went about it, to see, he, he exhausts every avenue to get his body right. And he's just such a freak athlete. Um, it's just amazing to me the process he goes through. So he's working really, really hard, which should surprise no one. I think he's in a great spot and I'm excited to get him back here. Coach, when you look at spending money at our position, you got two great guys in Landry and OBJ. Are you going to be able to keep both of those guys when they're eating up so much of the salary cap because of the economics? And I know you said Andrew Barry handles things, but how are you guys going to handle this situation? I think we can, yeah. Uh, I think you don't want to be so dogmatic about it and say, all right, we have to have this number of receivers and this number of tight ends and this running back. I think you go with what you have and and, and you make sure that, that you're putting yourself in position to field a competitive roster for a bunch of years moving forward. So, yeah, I think we're in a good spot. Uh, you know, the easy part to say is, hey, just give us more players. We, we want, you know, give us three more great players on the offensive side and give us, you know, three players on, on the defensive side and, and we're going to spend this amount on, on each guy. 
Uh, I think we have a plan. We'll follow through with that plan. But ultimately, as coaches, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll make it work with whatever we go uh, to. And, and I say that because sometimes you have a season. You know, I've been a part of, of some teams in the past where you had four great receivers, so you molded your offense to that. Or you had, you know, three great tight ends and you molded your offense to that. So that's our job as coaches to take what, what we have in our roster and make sure we're maximizing everybody's talents. Coach, you've been around a lot of great running backs in your day. Um, how does Nick Chubb compare to some of the ones that you've seen? Yeah, he's pretty special. Uh, you know, the way, just from a physical standpoint, how he is able to be a home run threat at his size and having that power, that's pretty rare uh, for, for a guy. I'll also tell you, you know, everything that, that you love about Nick, you could start with just off the field. He doesn't say much. When he does speak, his teammates listen. The way he practices, the way he goes about his business, he gives great leadership, uh, and, and he doesn't have to be vocal about it at all. The, the guys understand that. And he's also a great follower. You know, that's something we talk about. Everybody wants to talk about leadership. Followership's a big deal. And, and, and Nick understands when something's right, and, and he does his job, and it's amazing how many guys uh, see that and, and respect uh, how he goes about his business. We know there are so many rumors about J.J. Watt potentially coming on board. Obviously, he signed with the Cardinals. But where does upgrading the defense rank on your priority list this offseason? Yeah, Jay, I think uh, upgrading uh, the defense is, is obviously a big part of what we're focused on. Uh, you know, offensively, certainly we feel like we're, we're not we're never there. We always want to make sure that we're getting better on both sides of the ball. But uh, I don't think it's a secret to say that Andrew's going to work hard to find ways to add players at every level of our defense. And, and there's ways to do that via free agency. There's ways to do that via the draft and trade. So that's something that we're exploring. And I think all 32 clubs uh, realize that, that if the goal is to get better, uh, that, that's got to also be part of your player acquisition process. And that's something that we're working through right now. Kevin, every time I see a video of Miles Garrett, I literally hold my breath. I mean, he's so athletic. I think he can play for an NBA team. How special is he to have on this roster considering what he brings to the table? Yeah, he'd be a problem with, for some of those guards on the wing. Uh, <laughs> he'd bring him right down, right down to the weight room on the low block. Uh, he's, he's a special talent. I'll never forget the first time I got to put eyes on him was, was really in July when we finally were able to work together and just seeing him come out of stance was incredible. So somebody that works really hard, you know, I, I want him to continue to uh, work hard and, and, and find ways to get his cardio in and find safe ways to do that. So uh, I think <laughs> doing that, I don't, I want to make sure he's staying out of the fray and, and, and no elbows coming his way. Coach, with free agency approaching and having a bunch of top dogs yourself, how do you prioritize which guys you pay, which guys you let walk out the door? Yeah, it's a good question, Key. I think, uh, you know, the coach in me sits here and tells Andrew, hey, make sure you bring everybody back. You know, I, I want all these guys back because you've been through the, the battles with them. Uh, I, I think you have to, on some of these guys, you have to see where the market goes. Uh, it's, it's a complicated year, uh, and, and you guys know that, and there's people – a lot smarter than me that could explain that. But I think you, this is that year where you just got to see what the market brings and, and then see where it makes sense for some of these guys. But uh, you guys know this uh, every year you got different faces. It's you got some guys coming in, some guys going out. Uh, so, uh, so I understand that's part of the business and I, and I, and I respect that part of the business, but it, it is hard because year to year you make relationships with these guys and, and I'd love to keep everybody. 
Coach, I know you said publicly you were a little bit disappointed when you didn't get the Browns job the first time around when you interviewed in 2019. It went to Freddie Kitchens. But in life, as you well know, sometimes it's worth the wait, and you're a prime example of that. Thanks for joining us, and best of luck in the offseason. I appreciate you guys. This dude won't be 40 years old until the 2022 offseason. When we hit the offseason, heading into the 2022 season, unbelievable. What a great job he has done. On the way, speaking of great jobs, only one school has ever won the men's basketball and football championship in the same school year. I'll tell you who that is after the break. Think about it for a second. Is another... From the same conference, I think, what do we do about to, to join the party. <laughs> the main ingredient in perhaps making that happen is next. Keyshawn J. Will Zubat, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Oh, sure. Have you ever been around anybody that has as much energy as your head coach? I don't think so, man. He, he's so fired up. He loves the game. And, you know, we feed off his energy, man. When Oates is lit, he's lit. <laughs> this is Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Mm. They've lit a match in T-Town. We always talk about football, of course, with uh, Alabama, but over the weekend, the basketball team clinching the SEC regular season title. Mm-hmm. Just a reminder, Rick Barnes is in this league. John Calipari's in this league. Ben Hallen is in this league. they got some big-time coaches in the SEC, and the guy that bested them all this year joins us this morning on the Goodyear Hotline. He is Alabama head coach Nate Oates. It's great to have you here. Um, Nate, first things first, you know, the thing I've been following you from Buffalo all the way to Alabama, and I'm sure many people in Michigan followed you before that. Eight years ago, you're a high school basketball coach. A very successful one, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but eight years ago, you're a high school basketball coach. Less than a decade later, uh, less, less than a decade later, you're besting Cal and Barnes and Howland in the SEC. How did this happen? Well, I walked into some really good players. That, that's how it happened. I don't care what it, anybody says. They can talk about all these analytics and all these articles and stuff. But if you don't have really good players, you're going to lose a lot of games. So, I mean, we, I, you got to catch a couple breaks in life. The, uh, the Dookie point guard, uh, family tree helped me out a little bit there. <laughs> so we got the J will, J will was in the uh, line, but, but Bobby took a gamble on me and hired a high school coach. It worked out well for, uh, for us at Buffalo. And then, uh, from Buffalo, we started winning some games and they gave me a chance at Alabama and walked into some pretty good players here at Alabama. We're winning some more games. Nate, Bobby always told me you were animated, and I can tell by the raspy voice. I can tell you get after it uh, every day, not only in practice but in the games. But I wanted to ask you about practice. Tell me, tell me about this point system that you've created because I heard it's really interesting. 
it's really not that complicated. Like you, you, you devalue the shots you don't want and you value the shots you do want. So, I mean, it, it, we use the normal system. We just, the kind of the mid range twos are a little less efficient than the, uh, at the rim twos and, uh, threes. So we, we give them worth one point, give the, at the rim twos worth two and we give threes worth three. And then we, we put a four point line down and it's really more for spacing I don't really want a ton of guys shooting outside the four-point line, but we do have a few that can't shoot that deep. So we got some rules on who can and can't take those. Like you got to be over a certain percentage from three to get four points worth a four-point shot. So we 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 try not to give the four-pointers that one. That's only for a few guys. Yeah, you might have been in that one, Jay. Well, you might have been able to take some four-pointers in practice. I heard you call it Stephen Dameland, which is interesting. Have you seen that? Have you seen that translate <laughs> to the games as it relates to spacing? Does it give you what you want on the floor? No, it does more. Like guys like Shackelford and Petty, that can really shoot from deep. I mean, you know, the, I, it worked. You know, when we we practice on NBA floor, like when we play the. Uh, Mac tournament in Cleveland, we'd practice uh, the Cavs, you know, even here some. You go to some NBA floors, and they got that, you know, that well, shoot, that was Quinterly. He's got some deep range, too. So, we got, I guess we got a, a few of them that can shoot that deep. But the uh, when you go to the NBA floors, the spacing gets great with the lane, the, the three-point line. So, we, we try to have them space the four-point line, step into the three-point line. And then sometimes, you know, when they're spaced all the way out, and then the defense has to go that far out, and it creates even bigger driving gaps for guys like Herb and, Quinterly and guys that can get downhill. Nay, how do you create this massive footprint that you've been able to create at Alabama basketball? Obviously, you know, you guys are potentially going to be on the two line. We'll see how things work out uh, in the NCAA tournament. But everybody always talks about Alabama and football. Uh, but you've been able to really redirect uh, that attention to the basketball program, which is challenging to do. Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, I walked into some pretty good play. I mean, Herb Jones is, I think, one of the finalists for national player of the year. John Petty was national player of the week. They were here when I got here and they're seniors. So you win with some older guys in college basketball sometimes. And so we've got an older group, got Jordan Bruner as a grad transfer from Yale. So I think we've put a roster together that fits how we want to play. You know, we've got our bigs can shoot so they can space the floor. We've got guys that can get downhill. We've got guards that can make shots. I think, you know, and then you got to get a little lucky sometimes. You know, we, we avoided injuries last year. Herb Jones was injured the whole year. This year he's been pretty healthy. I mean, he's injured for about a month and playing with a messed up back. But, you know, I you put a system in place, you get guys to buy into it. And our defense has got significantly better, too. Everybody wants to talk about the offense and all that. Our offense, actually, I'm a little disappointed with it, to be honest with you. It's not where it needs to be. But the defense, I think, is third in the country right now. So, We've been winning games with our defense here lately. We've had the offensive kind of 115 against Georgia and hit the 23 threes against LSU, and we've had the explosion games, but consistently our defense has been there. Coach, all signs point to the tie hitting that two line in March Madness, something that hadn't happened since the 01 02 season. What does that say about where you have taken this program? Well, shoot, I took it to where I think it can get to, uh, to be honest with you. I mean, the the, uh, the athletic department's big time down here. Obviously, football's won it at a high level all the time. They've got six sports that have won national championships. So, expect you to win here. I uh, I think we're gonna, we've got the talent, obviously. You know, it's good. I mean, it's been a long time. I think the people are hungry for a winner in basketball. They obviously get it in football, and they're a little spoiled in that uh, sport, I think. So, 
I mean, it's been great so far. We got to keep it going, though. We the two lines not going to stay there if we don't have a good uh, next couple of weeks. But it's been great. It's been a good year so far. I mean, our guys have bought in. They're playing well. I'm really happy for the kids that stayed here. We got three seniors that are all from the state of Alabama, and Petty Jones and Alex Reese. So for them to do what we're doing this year, being from the state of Alabama, I think is huge. When you, you mentioned football, we all know about Nick Saban and the Tide and what they've been able to do in the football program. But what has Nick been able to talk to you about, give you some of those resources that's in his back pocket so things can be a little easier on you? Yeah, I mean, he's been great. My first year when I got here, you know, last year before COVID hit and everything, I I went over there. I went to a bunch of practices. I shadowed him for a day. He sat down and talked to me. You know, I, he meets with all recruits, which every time I get out of there, I want to, like, wish I had recorded the whole conversation. He's big time with the recruits. You know, I take take some mental notes, write some stuff down is what I should be talking about. But I mean, he's been open to me getting over there and learning as much as I can. I mean, I think he's the best team sport, any team sports, like, going right now. So to, to have him right across the street where you can walk over and watch a practice, sit in meetings, I went on their first road trip with them when they played Duke. They uh, they crushed them, Jay Will. Sorry about that. It was their first game, my first year here. They played them in Atlanta. But I went on the road trip with them, sat in all their meetings, was kind of in there at halftime with it. I mean, it was pretty cool. I mean, they, they, they run an unbelievable opera. I think his attention to detail on every little thing. You go through a game, a game day walkthrough the day before, game walkthrough. Like, they go through every scenario you could possibly think of. You know, where, where you should score the touchdown, you know, you're up and up three or whatever it is or up one and you, you're running in for a touch. No, take the knee and let the time fly. They go through all that. So I, I was like trying to come up with the equivalents in basketball. What should I be? Man, I'm not walking through this much stuff. Our guys aren't prepared for every last little thing. So there's just little stuff like that that you pick up from them. Ned, I heard you on the Paul Feinbaum show the other day where you, uh, you, you talked about your team not wanting to be the Milwaukee Bucks. What did you mean by that? Listen, that was bad because that's my team. I grew up in I grew up in Wisconsin. I love the Bucks. I follow them. I, it's been great. But I was I had my hopes all up. You know, they were the best team until the shutdown. And then they get in the bubble. You know, like we we won the SEC with multiple games to go yet. So my point on that was like I didn't. You know, some people think maybe I should rest Herb. He had a messed up back or rest. Petty and, you know, I, I don't think you can rest guys and be playing your best basketball come SEC tournament. Like, we're, we're trying to win the SEC tournament. I just don't think it – you got to stay in a rhythm. Guys got to play. We, we got to keep our foot on the gas. I just – when I said that, which I hope never gets back to the Bucks because they've been great. I was up at training camp there last year. So, I have a tendency to put my foot in my mouth like a moron, as, as a Duke player would know. I had to apologize on that one before too, but I. Uh, That's why we love you, I Nate. That's why we, we got, love you, though. You say what's on your mind. We got to we got to keep our foot on the gas pedal. That's what I meant by that. So we uh, we're going to try to keep pushing through. We may have won the SEC regular season, so it's been good since we've won it. You know, we beat uh, Auburn, so we swept our rival. Now we got to play at Georgia. We want to be on a run going in the SEC tournament. And Jay hit it, and you said it. College basketball needs more people like him that are willing to go out there and say 1, things the way that he has done. Bobby, of course, if you're just joining us, that was Bobby Hurley, the reference. Great stuff going down memory lane. And what could be the future for the Alabama basketball program? Coach Oates, thanks a lot. Selection Sunday, March 14th. 
Best of luck when you go to Indy and whoever you face. Good luck in the tournament, Nate. All right, thanks, fellas. Appreciate okay. you having me on. Roll Tide. You got there it, you man. go. Roll Tide. Yoga Be something with else. That What's that? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I, I, look, here's one thing I do like about Nate. Like, even with the Bucks comment, like, he's going to say what's on his mind. And they, they should think not only about just winning regular season, but winning the SEC tournament and then winning the whole damn thing. Yep. You got to have players, right? You got to have Agreed. players at every level. Nate Oates was brought to you by Wendy's, proud sponsor of the 2021 John R. Wooden Men's and Women's Player of the Year Award. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. On the way, Jets have the second pick. They have Sam Darnold for now. And the biggest question we're posing today... Three guys drafted alongside Sam. What should the Browns do with Baker? The Bills with Allen. The Browns uh, and uh, the Bills with Allen, excuse me. Well, it's too late. <laughs> Who gets the money? Baker, Allen, Lamar. Well, we talked about it once. And Keep it, was it good, simple, so. Zubin. Keep yeah. it simple. Now we're back after this. I still think that Sam Spillinger's hope to stay in New York. I think that's what's best for Sam Darnold. Are you willing to listen to offers from teams on Sam? To answer that question, you know, I, 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 um, I, I will answer the call. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. It's Jets general manager Doe Douglas, who was full-throated in his support of Sam Darnold yesterday during his press conference, leaving the door just ajar if somebody calls. As Key astutely said, unlike when you call the Houston Texans, I will pick up the phone. The draft, April 29th to May 1st, ESPN, ESPN Radio. Before we dive in with Chris Canty on some really interesting football stuff and an opinion on Darnold you likely haven't heard, let's welcome him in, the Super Bowl champion, co-host of DCR on our New York affiliate, 98.7, leads right into our program, KJZ, which you can hear on 98.7 at 8 a.m. Eastern. Before we get into the professional, how about a little personal accolades for Chris? Oh, congratulations, man! I, 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 it, man. A little appreciate birdie, it. a little birdie, told me that you got engaged yesterday. So I just want to say congratulations, and you're officially off the market. Yes, sir. I'm hanging the jersey up on the wall, Keyshawn. But listen, it's the best decision I've ever made. She's awesome. I was nervous right before I got down on one day to give the proposal, but everything worked out. It couldn't be more perfect. I don't need you to tell me what the ring size and everything. Just nod your head. Is it right? It's a whole lot of love, Key. Let's okay. leave it at that. That's, That's a whole fair. lot of love right there. Okay. Exactly. I'm so. not keeping it on a string like Dak Prescott is doing is in the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys situation. Like, I'm not like Jerry Jones. I committed to this one. That's good. Yes, sir. So, she got the diamond. There are some people that I've still already, believe. I've already invested into the canties, though, right? What do you mean? Because his fiance 
is 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 you know tall in this one here. First round, 2040, 2050, them kids. I'm already invested. You're already invested? I'm already invested. You're going to be that uncle that's, that keeps sending uncle them gym Key. bags? Uncle Key, how about that? Good genes, not with the J, but with the G. Good stuff, good stuff. We'll wait to see what happens. All right, so she gets the diamond. There's some people that still believe Sam Darnold, he may just be cubic zirconia. I mean, we're just not exactly sure at this moment. I want you guys to listen to this. This is Diana Rossini, ESPN NFL reporter. I know all the fans that probably call your show each weekday morning are down on Sam. So many people are down on Sam. But Diana says the people that do this for a living still bullish. I live in the New York area, and I can tell you, not everyone's really hot on Sam Darnold. Yet when you talk to the football experts, the coaches, the GMs, even an owner that I spoke to at the Combine once, they all think Sam Darnold's can play. So until I think people mm-hmm. start giving up on him, those that know what they're doing, Sam Darnold has so much potential to be successful. It's just whether or not it's going to be in New York or not. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Dirtiest word in sports, potential, right? Potential. Oh, yeah. Potential just means you haven't done it yet. That's what Key and I's former coach, Bill Parcells, used to always say. And Sam Darnold is just good enough to get you fired. And what I mean by that is if you decide you're going to stay with Sam and bypass the opportunity to take a quarterback with the second overall pick, at that point, Joe Douglas is marrying his career to Sam Darnold's success, and that's got to be an uncomfortable position to be in based on what we've seen in his first three years in the NFL. See, I, I for me, Chris, yeah, he, you're, you're right. He could be in a situation to get you fired, but you brought in coaches to address those issues. And so when I look at Sam – you drafted him, not Joe, but the, the organization drafted him three years ago because they felt as the third pick that he was going to be a long-term answer. Nothing around him. He's gone through three offensive coordinators. This will be his third head coach now. It's kind of like, is he really getting a fair shake and opportunity? And I would rather have a guy that has some NFL experience rather than taking Zach Wilson or or – or, or Trey Lance, or Justin Fields, or Mac Jones, hell, even Trevor Lawrence, and I still got to build around them, and we don't know what they we're getting. At least I know it's a plus or a minus with Sam Donald. I have no idea what those other quarterbacks are. Well, yeah, I'm not going to – I hear what you're saying, but I don't think it's the right thing to do for the Jets to stay with Sam Donald just because you, you, you feel more comfortable or you have more data points on him than you would with the young quarterback. I mean, you're talking about potential in both situations, and I've heard NFL coaches say that they would rather bet on a player that they haven't seen fail at the NFL level than a guy like Sam Donald who has more turnovers than passing touchdowns through his first three years. So when it comes down to it, I just don't know that the Jets can pass on the opportunity – for a quarterback at two, just because of the information that they have on Sam Donald. We still don't know whether or not he can do the job. Like, you've, you've explained all of the different reasons. Some people might call them excuses. But whatever they are, they don't help you answer the question of whether or not Sam Donald can actually play the quarterback position in the National Football League at a high level. And for me, I'm not willing to pass on the opportunity to take one of these quarterbacks at two and bet on the potential of Sam Donald any longer. Even though you brought in new coaches that's supposed to get it fixed. Mike LaFleur is supposed to get it fixed as the new offense coordinator who came over from the San Francisco 49ers. Well, I brought in new coaches to get the team turned around. It's not just about fixing the quarterback, and the Jets have a whole host of issues. I'm with you on that one. But the Jets have a ton of draft capital in this situation, and let's also not gloss over the fact that you get to reset 
the money at the quarterback position because the Jets are in a position now this offseason where they've got to make a decision on Sam Donald's fifth-year option. So from an economic standpoint and a cap management standpoint, it makes sense to go with the younger, cheaper option. Last thing for you. Um, uh, if you listen to my tease before the break, you probably have no idea what I said. So let me just, uh, let me just clear this up for you in the last minute. Baker, Allen, Lamar, all eligible for big money. We want to put them in three separate holes. Which guy would you extend, flat out give the big money to? Which one gets the fifth-year option exercised? And which guy's on the outside looking in that has to just wait? Baker, Allen, Lamar. Put one guy in each spot. Oh, so see, I see you're trying to box me in, and I don't I'm like it. Do you're trying things. to box me in, I don't like it. Now, listen, I'm going to marry Josh Allen, right? Somebody's going to get mad. I think Josh Allen has played at, at a high level. And listen, I'm not taking anything away from Lamar Jackson because he's a former MVP in this league. But in terms of long-term success and projecting, I feel like Josh Allen has shown more as a passer than Lamar has. But I still love Lamar. If it were up to me, I would extend both of them, but that's not the game we're playing. So I would marry Josh Allen. I would go with the fifth-year option with Lamar Jackson, and Baker Mayfield would be on the outside looking in. But I think all three of those quarterbacks get contract extensions this offseason. Yeah, they, they probably will. But, you know, we've been having this conversation all morning long. I like Josh Allen, but Josh Allen two years ago, before they got Stephon Diggs, we was ready to ship him off like Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden Brian Dable becomes a candidate for head coaching jobs. They get Stephon Diggs. He's great. Lamar Jackson, let's see what happens in the offseason, what type of weapons they get on the edges for him at the receiver position. If they go out and they get the right guys, the passing game, they already went and got T. Martin to coach the receivers along with Keith Williams. Mm -hmm. So they're already trying to reshape the passing game. And I think, you know, man, that dude is just – I don't need him to be a quarterback. He's just special all the way <laughs> he's around. Special. No, he's different. He's, he's just a different dude. The only thing everybody agreed on, including Chris Baker on the outside looking in, do we all agree a new MVP in the NBA has emerged? That's next.